Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by P.T. Writes More Are you sure you don't want to stay with me in Grimmauld? Harry asked as he dropped the last box in Ron's new diagonally flat. You don't have to move out, you know. Mate, Ron sighed, putting the box in his arms down too. I really do. If I have to hear what you and Theo are up to one more time... Uh, yes, I'm sorry again for that, Harry said, his face growing red. We'll get better at remembering the silencing charms. No, no, it'll be good for me, he said. I don't want to third wheel all the time, especially now that Hermione's dating Malfoy. They both scrunched up their faces at the new relationship. Ron wanted to be happy for his best friend, but it was hard to imagine that her fellow unspeakable and former childhood bully could be as nice as she insisted. Nevertheless, he and Harry both were trying to be as supportive as possible. Don't remind me, Harry griped, but he shot him a smile. Suppose that's it, then, Ron said, looking at the pile of boxes. Thanks for helping me move, mate. Of course, Harry said, shifting awkwardly. Merlin, this is weird. We've lived together for twelve years. It's not like we won't see each other. I'm coming to your match tomorrow. Yeah, to root for my competition. It's your fault for joining Puddlemere United and not the cannons, Ron joked, punching him in the arm. We'll hang out after work. And Sunday dinners at the borough. And obviously, Christmas is in two weeks. You're right, you're right, Harry said, nodding. Well, see you tomorrow. He hugged Ron tight, then flew home. Ron looked around the empty, one-bedroom flat, and all the boxes spread throughout it. He felt unsettled as he looked, though he wasn't sure why. It wasn't like he was opposed to the hard work of unpacking. Then it hit him. The flat was silent. He'd never lived alone before, going from the burrow to Hogwarts to a cramped tent to Grimmauld with Harry and Theo. This was the first time he had his own space, and he could do anything he wanted. Ron immediately stripped down and took a shower, taking so long that the water became cold. Then he pulled on boxers and walked around the flat in only his underwear. Flipping on the muggle CD player Hermione had gifted him for his birthday, Ron turned up the volume and began magically unpacking to Christmas music while singing at the top of his lungs. After five minutes, the living room and kitchen were unpacked and organized. Ron started towards the bedroom, still rocking out, when there was a loud knock on his door. Then another, which turned into rapid banging. Ron looked toward his room, debating throwing on more clothing, but the knocking got so frantic he silenced the music and ran toward the door. All right, all right, hang on, he yelled, unlocking it and cracking it open. He looked out at nothing until he dropped his gaze to see a short brunette sneering up at him. Ron realized she was wearing only a little black silky slip, so he quickly averted his eyes, looking anywhere but the expanse of skin on show. Instead, he focused on her face, taking in her amber eyes and the freckles on the bridge of her nose. She looked familiar, but he couldn't place her. Hi. Are you insane? She had her hands on her hips, like Hermione did when she was mad. Sorry? I said... Are you insane? But now that I know who you are, 
I already know the answer. You're Ron Weasley. Of course you're insane. Right, Ron said confused. Do I know you? The girl's lips twisted even further, deepening her snarl. Yet somehow, she still looked beautiful. Are you serious? We went to school together for years, she said, as she folded her arms across her chest. And Ron realized who she was. He'd seen her do that countless times in the Great Hall, irritated with something a fellow Slytherin said. Daphne Greengrass, right? I remember you. Oh, thank you ever so, she replied with an eye roll. Turn off that blasted music. You don't like it because it's muggle? Ron asked sharply, prickling at her tone. He knew her father was in Azkaban. Ron had joined the Aurors right around the Death Eater trials. No, Daphne said, narrowing her eyes even further. I don't hold those beliefs, if that's what you're implying. It's just so loud. It's the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. Yes, well, some of us are healers with shift schedules. I'm meant to be sleeping right now, my only break after two back-to-back shifts. At her words, Ron felt embarrassment bubble up in his throat. Bloody hell, I'm sorry, he said, rubbing the back of his neck. I didn't even think about that. It's just, this is my first time living alone, and I wanted to get into the Christmas spirit, so... I'm sorry, it seems as though you've confused me with someone who cares, she cut him off, holding her hand up. Just keep it quiet. Bloody hell, he muttered as he watched her storm off. His eyes trailed down to her hips, swinging angrily back and forth, stopping on her firm arse until she slammed the door behind her. What a welcome wagon. He spent the rest of the day unpacking silently and thinking about how to get on his new neighbor's good side. He felt terrible, not only for disrupting a healer's sleep, but also assuming the worst of her. While decking his apartment with the Christmas decorations his mom had sent along, he decided that he could spruce up their hallway a bit, give Daphne some Christmas cheer. But when he came home from the Puddlemere and Cannons game, he found all the decorations he'd put up in the hallway torn down. He saw red. Oi! he yelled, banging on her door. Open up! After a few moments, her door was yanked open, revealing her in those same little pajamas she was wearing the day before. Somehow, her hair looked perfectly in place, even with the black eye mask resting in it. "'What do you not understand about St. Mungo's shifts, Weasley?' Daphne hissed. "'You tore down my Christmas decorations,' he gestured to the messy hall. "'If you can call those pathetic ratty cutouts decorations, some people have taste.' "'I'm sorry, your highness,' Ron snarked. "'I apologize that it wasn't bloody gilded swans or whatever nonsense you were used to in your manner. I was doing something nice.' She groaned in exasperation. What adult decorates their building's hallway, anyway? Just keep your Christmas bullshite to yourself. She slammed the door in his face, leaving him blinking at the door. It sounds like you have a Scrooge, Hermione said, after he explained the situation during Friday game night at Grimmauld. They sat in the familiar library, with Harry and Theo loved up on the couch between them, and Ginny lounging on the floor. Malfoy and Luna were making drinks in the kitchen, her off-key humming audible from down the hall. "'Bless you?' Ron said. 
Honestly, Ronald, Hermione scoffed. I gave you the Christmas carol two years ago. To be fair, I did use it, Ron said, thinking of how it had acted as a coaster on his nightstand. But he thought explaining that would only irritate her more. Best just explain it, Myony, Harry said, sensing the direction their best friend would go if he didn't intervene. Scrooge is a character from A Christmas Carol who hates Christmas, Malfoy explained as he walked into the room, handing a drink to Hermione. The room turned to stare at him. What? Hermione gave me the book this year. Are you trying to help Weasel become literate? He asked her as he pressed a kiss to her cheek. Draco! Hermione scolded, while Theo and Ginny snickered. Ron was so irritated about his neighbor he didn't even engage with Malfoy. My neighbor's being a Scrooge. She hates Christmas music, Christmas decorations, and me, apparently, he said, taking a long sip of his drink. Actually, you two might know her, Daphne Greengrass. Draco's smirk dropped at the name and he stiffened. Daphne is back, he asked Theo. And waging a war on Christmas, Ron scoffed. Malfoy stood up, shooting back the rest of his drink. I've got to go. I'll see you at home he said to Hermione. Weasel, Theo, Potter, Ginevra, he said with a nod. Say goodbye to Luna for me, please. What was that? Harry asked. Hermione frowned, watching Malfoy disappear into the green flames, but Theo patted her on the shoulder. Draco's family was close to the green grasses, closer than even I was. Daphne grew up with us. Her younger sister, Astoria, is suffering from a blood curse. Their father is in Azkaban, but Mrs. Greengrass moved them to America for an innovative treatment in Salem. If Daphne's back, that's not a good sign. Do you need to go? Harry asked. I'll visit tomorrow. Let Draco take the first wave, he said. Besides, now that Draco's gone, we actually stand a chance at beating Granger at Charades. Never, Hermione said with a smile that didn't reach her eyes. She was clearly still worried about Malfoy which made Ron feel worse about how he'd treated Daphne today. As his friends started teasing each other about charades won and lost, Ron was thinking of Daphne's lips sneering at him, of the purple bags under her eyes. "'What if I invite Daphne to the burrow?' Ron asked, interrupting Luna's interpretive dance. "'For Christmas, I mean. Since you and Draco will be there,' he said to Theo. "'I think that's a lovely idea,' Hermione said, really smiling now but maybe Theo should invite her tomorrow. That way it'll come from someone she knows. Ron deflated a bit, but nodded. Good idea. When Ron woke up at the burrow on Christmas morning, the sun was high in the sky and the house was abuzz with activity. He stumbled out of his bedroom and downstairs to the kitchen. Looks like Sleeping Beauty finally woke up, greeted George as he walked past. More like that ugly mug needs more beauty sleep, added Fred, levitating two teacups over his head. Ron flipped them the two-finger salute as he stormed into the crowded kitchen. Mumbling a greeting and rubbing his bleary eyes, he poured himself a cup of tea. Ronald Weasley! His mother's voice was shrill as she chastised him. Not in front of our guests, she hissed. Ron looked behind her to the usual suspects he'd expected, in addition to Malfoy, Theo, Luna, 
and most surprisingly, Daphne Greengrass. Uh, morning, he said, looking down at his pajamas. Thankfully, everything was tucked in. Sorry, didn't realize everyone was here so early. It's quarter eleven, Hermione huffed. Honestly, Ronald, we've been helping Molly cook Christmas dinner. Eat some breakfast while I help Fleur round up the children for presents, Molly instructed. No stealing poor Theo's bacon, she added as she left the room. She's never going to let you forget that, mate, Harry laughed as he stole bacon off Theo's plate. I'll just go change, Ron mumbled, downing the rest of his cup. Glad that I finally wasn't the one caught in pajamas between the two of us, Daphne said. Suppose it's only fair, Ron said after a moment, the caffeine finally kicking in. Thankfully, we don't wear the same pajamas. Her pink lips turned up into a grin for the first time since they'd been reintroduced, and he felt his breath catch. I don't know, she paused, letting her amber eyes slowly trail down his body in a way that made his pulse race. You could pull it off, she added with a smirk. Behind her, Malfoy and Theo were exchanging a pointed look, while the rest of the kitchen laughed. Ron puzzled at her meaning as he climbed the stairs, thinking back on her skimpy pajamas. The rest of the day went smoother, complete with figgy pudding, traditional Christmas jumpers, and lots of laughter. Even though he loved the solitude of his new flat, Coming home to the burrow and being surrounded by everyone he loved was the best feeling in the world. Not even sodding Malfoy and his bloody annoying face could ruin it. He got to swap ministry stories with Percy, Theo, Hermione, and his dad, analyze Quidditch standings with Ginny, Harry, and Malfoy, and pretend to be a dragon with Charlie, chasing all the children around the house. As the night wound down, the younger generation piled into the living room, drinking mulled wine and exchanging school stories. But after he settled into the couch between Theo and Charlie, he noticed that Daphne was missing. "'What happened to Daphne?' he whispered to Theo. After he looked around, Theo shrugged and leaned into Harry further, dismissing his inquiry in favor of more wine. "'Helpful,' Ron muttered, standing up to find her. After walking in on his parents slow dancing in the kitchen— he decided to try upstairs. But when he got halfway up, he nearly tripped over Daphne, hunched over and crying into her hands. Uh, sorry, he said, righting himself. She looked up at him, tears streaming down her cheeks and frowning at him. He wanted to ask her what was wrong if she wanted to talk about her sister, but he figured she wouldn't be into it. Instead, he held out his hand. She furrowed her brow as she looked down at it, unsure of what to do. Follow me, he said. Okay, she whispered after a moment, slipping her small hand into his. Ron tried not to think about how perfectly they fit together as he led her upstairs on the familiar path to his old room. He opened the door for her and she took a tentative step inside, looking around. Even as an adult, it was strange having a girl in his childhood bedroom. The Chudley Cannons, Daphne scoffed at the poster. Isn't that some sort of blasphemy to have up when your best friend and your sister are on different teams? Their fault for picking the wrong teams, he replied with a shrug as he leaned against the doorframe. She turned around and smiled at him. I'd have to agree with you. I'm a Falcons fan, she said. 
and here I thought you were all about taste, he joked, delighted as she smiled wider. The silence stretched between them, and Daphne turned around to look at the books on what Hermione had once called a sparse bookshelf. She picked up a spare pawn, twirling it between her fingers. He let her be for a moment, before pushing off and joining her. Look, I don't know you very well, but I'm glad you're here. I hope we made Christmas a little better. He glanced over to find her watching him. I was surprised when Theo extended the invitation on your behalf. After our encounters at the building, I was sure you hated me. Can't blame you for having a tough time around Christmas, he replied with a shrug. But I do have an idea to get you more into the spirit, since you still seem like a bit of a Scrooge. Pardon me? Daphne asked, the smile dropping off her face. It's a muggle thing, don't worry, he said, waving it off as he pulled out the shrunken CD player he brought from home. He put on a Christmas CD and turned the volume up as loud as possible. Since you're awake at a normal time, he said, holding out his hand. Come on, dance with me. What, to this? Daphne yelled over the music. When he nodded, she huffed, but assumed a position that he remembered from the Yule Ball. No, this is fun dancing, not boring dancing, he said, pulling her arms around his neck before snaking his arms around her waist. He pulled her closer and began to sway to the music. She was stiff in his arms for a moment, but followed his lead. He spun her around and around until she was giggling. Suddenly, the door opened and something whizzed towards them. Daphne's head snapped up, following the object, but Ron didn't have to look up to know what it was. Not when the twins and Thea were smiling mischievously as they shut the door. A sticking mistletoe, Daphne whispered, pulling his attention back to her. Ron became much more aware of how close she was, how she smelled like flowers, how delicious her lips looked. He swallowed roughly. Sorry about them, he said sheepishly. If you give me a quick peck, I can go give him a piece of my mind. No, I don't think so, she replied, shaking her head. His stomach sank. Do you want me to call out for someone else, so you don't have to kiss me? Definitely not, she said, before pushing herself up on her tiptoes and brushing her lips against his. Surprised, he started, but then kissed her back. She tasted like mulled wine, each moment deliciously sweet. He felt her petite hands work their way into his hair, tugged him down, deepening the kiss. After what felt both too short and like an eternity, he broke for a breath and rested his forehead against hers. Happy Christmas, Daphne, Ron said, his voice hoarse. It really is she whispered, before pulling him back into a kiss.